Hello, sweet friend. I'm Michaela, and this is the Grow Getter Podcast, where I help you develop a growth mindset and smash your limiting beliefs so that you can get to the life you've been dreaming of. I believe that you were made for more and are deserving of a healthy life, no matter your circumstances or what you've been told about who you are. I am committed to moving past hurdles and bringing my family the cleanest ingredients to keep us thriving while helping you do the same. I'm so happy you're here, and I hope you get value from today's episode. Hi, friend. Welcome back. Today, I want to talk to you about how to advocate for your child when nobody else is on the same page with you. And I don't mean on the same page as in they don't care or they don't, you know, want to see your child healthy, which sadly, that can be true as well. But I mean in what you're seeing and what you're feeling as a mom, watching your child struggle with whatever it is and to be told over and over again, you know, I don't see it, they're fine, they're typical or uh, give it time. I've heard, oh, he's a boy, leave him be, let him be a boy. So if you're feeling like you just keep running into this wall when you're trying to advocate for your kid and get them help or services, or a diagnosis, or um, the right supplement even, it can be so tiring to keep being told they're fine when your mom gut is saying otherwise. I wanna share with you some of the tips uh, that helped me along the way. We had to advocate for our son for many years from the age of just around three to, let's see, six we were struggling to get one diagnosis and that was PANS slash PANDAS. Uh, You may have heard of it. It's pediatric autoimmune encephalitis and then um, there are different variants. So the PANDAS is related to strep and PANS is a little bit more outside uh, influenced. Regardless, it is an autoimmune encephalitis. It affects the brain and it affects the immune system. It's pretty serious. So I was noticing around the age of three that he started to struggle. Um, And we had some signs earlier than that, actually around 18 months, there were things, but three, it really came to a head where he needed some sort of intervention. We didn't know exactly what, because we didn't know what we were dealing with, but just to get somebody to see what I was seeing was such a struggle. So I began taking notes. Uh, I had my notes app in my phone with all kinds of notes related to what he had eaten, uh, his mood for the day, what could have out, you know, outside influences of our day. Was it uh, that he missed his nap or we had a really stressful play date? Like what kind of things were adding to the situation? Uh, We tracked meals just to see what was happening if it was related to food or not. I took video document. One of the things that he was having were ticks and they were so uncomfortable and just obviously annoying to him that he was struggling with them. And I would notice them at different times, especially like if he was watching a movie or extra tired or after he had a lot of sugar and was overstimulated. So having the documents of your notes as well as video, it really helps you kind of hone in on where the commonalities are throughout their day, throughout their month, what's going on in their body. And so for you as mom, you can start to notice, okay, every time he has this 
food with, you know, high fructose corn syrup. He's like off the walls. And then you can notice, well, he also gets that way when we have, you know, corn for dinner. Maybe he's got a corn allergy. <laughs> um, and so you just start to pick up on those. You just start to pick up on those repetitions and learn from that. So great. You've probably already, you know, done some of these things. You already have your list. You already have your videos. You've already been to Google and trying to figure out what the heck is going on with my little one but still nobody has seen it. Dad is like, I don't know, I'm just at work all day. He seems fine to me, he seems like another average kid or, um, you know, grandma's saying, oh, he's a boy, leave him be, let him go play, no big deal. Like, but you know something's not right. So where do you go next? Oftentimes that's the doctor. And when you run into a wall with your doctor, it's even more frustrating. You are just trying to get them to see and understand like the weightiness of the struggle at home and they're just not getting it. So I want to encourage you, if you have a doctor that is just completely like walls up, won't even consider what you as mom know, it's time to find a new doctor. It just is. If you have a doctor who's not getting it or not, you know, finding ex the exact thing, but they're, they're digging and they're asking questions and they're doing research outside of their like 30 minutes with you, then maybe continue on. If it feels like they're partnering with you to find out what is going on with your child, then keep going. That's great. We want that in our healthcare. But if this doctor is just like, hands up, sorry, I don't see it. I'm not going to help you. I've heard that myself. It's time to move on. So some of the doctors that have made the biggest impact in our journey and it wasn't until our four-year mark of searching for answers that we found our chiropractor and he saw us, he heard us, he understood, and we were on the same page. And it was the biggest piece of breakthrough we've had really in my son's entire health journey. It was incredible. So I want to encourage you that the right people are out there. If it feels like you've like talked to everybody, talk to one more person and then one more person just little by little bite-sized pieces. I know it is exhausting and frustrating and overwhelming to constantly be like replaying the same story over and over and over again, but you will get that breakthrough. Just keep going. One of the things we did earlier on when we really just needed like somebody in our corner seeing what I was seeing was demand and evaluation. We first had to go to a neurologist and he was not seeing what we were seeing. He kind of kept saying that um, Jax was very typical and he didn't have these things going on or he wouldn't expect him to because of how like average he appeared. Now, when you go to a specialist, especially somebody like the neurologist, they see very severe cases all the time. They see people who can't speak or can't control their body movements or, you know, all kinds of things. I don't, I don't even want to try to like go, go there because there are so many ranges of situations and health conditions that a neurologist sees. And so when you bring a child who does hit the mark for most of the, you know, typical things at this age and in some things like above and beyond, he's very, very smart. He has you know, a high reading level. He knows math, like he's known math since he was four years old and uh, was ahead of the curve in so many ways in, in that manner. But he had struggles still. 
And you can't discount somebody's struggles just because what they're like thriving in. And that is what we kept running into was people going, well, but look, like, look at all these things he can do. I'm like, yes, but he's struggling in these other areas. And so find somebody who will listen, find that next, uh, that next person demand an evaluation. We ended up doing an evaluation with an occupational therapist and that was amazing. We did, um, a year or so of OT and it really was what we needed at that age. That three, three to four year mark, I think is when we went or four to five. Uh, and it was like, it was amazing. And I had another person there like tracking and doing all the different evaluations and setting goals and hitting them. And, and that's what we needed. And I tried so hard to get that. And it was so nice to have it finally. If a medical professional denies you what you're asking, if they reject your request to go see another doctor, you have a couple of choices. One, keep fighting them on it, demand it further, go up their chain, ask for it in writing. If you ask for it in writing, I guarantee almost that they're going to give you what you're asking for. They don't want to be liable for a situation that you as mom are advocating for and they're denying. It, it takes zero sweat for them to hand over a referral. And I've had doctors in the past even do a referral with a note, with a note that says, I don't see it, but maybe you do. I don't see what the parent is concerned about. You know, they checked out in my evaluation. My professional opinion is they don't need the additional support, but maybe you will see otherwise. That just opens the door for a new, fresh conversation. Unfortunately, maybe a tainted one because they're already, you know, imposing that they don't, that they don't see it. But I understand a professional wanting to have that disclaimer and say, you know, I don't see it because then if they move on to the next doctor and the next doctor is like, why the heck did so-and-so send this child to me who's, you know, perfectly able and well, you know, from their, from their viewpoint, I understand that that first professional doesn't want their name tied attached, you know, to that. So it is what it is, but it doesn't mean you have to give in. Okay. The other thing is just dump them. Just dump them right then and there and go find somebody else. If you at this point have not found yourself a community of mothers who are fighting for answers for their kids or who have already walked the walk, please go find them. That should have been tip number one. Go find a Facebook community group. They will help you. The moms there are going to be so encouraging because they've already had to do this. They've already had to fight. They already understand like how much of your capacity is filled up just with trying to get answers for your kid. So they're going to help you find shortcuts. They're going to help you, um, you know, with what to actually keep track of and everything. And that has been one of the biggest blessings to me in my journey with my own health and my child's health is having that community of people who understand. So please go find them. Same thing with the doctor. If one group doesn't fit, find another. There are so many wonderful groups on Facebook these days. Facebook gets a bad rap for a lot of things and I understand why, but there is a lot of goodness that can be found 
if you look in the right places. So don't count it out. I want to take a second and go back to diet. And we were talking about removing foods, trial and error, or seeing if there's a pattern in food consumption and how their behavior is or their, you know, symptoms or whatever. That that documentation is gold. Not only for your own, like, self to be able to see how your child is thriving and for you to be able to start making the changes to get them better, but it's also, like, it's so much work to do a elimination diet and track every single thing you're eating like in a food journal but I'm telling you it is worth it worth it worth it it's so helpful and this to me is was one of the biggest pieces of our puzzle because we had so many doctors we had dermatologists we had neuro we had the pediatrician uh, tell me that food didn't matter it didn't affect you know my kid anybody's kids it didn't correlate with the different things that we were looking into it just wasn't possible and I knew it was because it was the same was true for me and my body and when I was able to do the eliminations and reintroductions for my own son I saw the patterns again and so that is research that you can do on your own at home and you know what even if they still say oh that's that's not important that's not true, not a big deal. You know because you've seen the patterns. You don't need any doctor's permission on how to feed your child, how to feed your family. So you can go ahead and feel empowered to make those swaps and those decisions on your own. Do not let a doctor tell you that the food doesn't matter. Don't worry about changing your diet and then saying, thinking to yourself, oh, this was a stupid idea. I'm going to scratch that. Let's just go back all into all of our processed foods. No, keep going with what you're doing because the more you pull back the layers, see how they're doing without the food, the different ingredients, maybe even the different body care products. I'm a huge advocate for natural, clean, like everything, clean supplements, clean beauty products, clean body care products, all of it, even furniture. But that's going to be a whole nother episode. (laughs) This information is huge for you because you can peel back that layer and see, okay, now that we've addressed diet, we're still struggling. This, This symptom went away, but we're still really struggling here with this behavioral issue or, you know, with this other comorbid or whatever it is. I'm, I'm trying to keep this very general because I don't want people to feel like, oh, if it's just, you know, pandas, then this doesn't relate to me. I'm, I'm talking about all the things here. Get deeper. Get deeper into each area of struggle and, like, pick it apart. Dissect it and figure out what else, what other information you can get from it. Possibly the most important piece of advocating for your child goes back to you. You need to take care of yourself. Nobody is going to take care of you. And it is so important that you are a whole person, that you are like your needs are being met, that you're feeling refreshed, that you're getting rest, that you're getting the right kinds of food and supplements in your body. I have ran myself into the ground trying to advocate for my own kid meanwhile struggling and suffering with my own illnesses so I can I can speak from experience here it is so vital that you take care of yourself find what you need 
voice what you need, speak up if you need help, and do whatever you can to like simplify for yourself in your lifestyle so that you can focus your energy when you need to on advocating for your child. And the last thing I want to share with you is that it is not a race. I know there's this like angst. We've got to figure it out. I need to know what ha- what's happening. I want to help my child as quickly as possible. I want to eliminate their suffering. And I understand and I've been there. But it's not going to be this quick overnight fix. Chances are whatever it is that you're facing with your little one, you're going to need some sort of a lifestyle change. And so whatever you can do to plug in healthy habits along the way, make sure you guys are getting rest, adjust your diets if you can, spend time, you know, getting some downtime together and just like breathe because this is not going to be a quick overnight in most, in most cases anyways, fix. And so I cannot express enough like the importance of your own self-care. And I've, I've needed to like learn that for myself. And if you're struggling with things like worthiness or a scarcity mindset, or you are, um, yeah, I mean worthiness, like just not believing that you, you are deserving of these things. Or if you're stuck in this martyr mindset, please like, Do the work to break those things off because you do not want to be stuck there. I, when I was early on in motherhood, I remember having that martyr mindset. Like I would not even leave my baby to go get a shower. I didn't care if it had been eight days. I was going to sit there and hold that baby because that's what a good mom does. Well, a good mom also goes in showers. (laughs) So I'm learning that now two kids in that my self-care and not even self-care, just like daily hygiene matters. It's important and I deserve it. I'm worthy of having those things. So if those are things that you need to work on for yourself as well, find the time to do that. Keep listening to this podcast, find other podcasts that fill you up, find a good book that will just like pour into you and love on you. Like find Find a group of support for you as mom because you're going to need it. I promise you that. I remember that there were so many times early on, especially in my journey with getting answers for my son's health that I had to ask myself if I was crazy. I was getting so many roadblocks, so many, you know, scoffs and eye rolls and dismissive comments that I had to really stop and wonder if, I was seeing things like, am I wrong? You know, I was a first time mom. Am I crazy? All the things I had to really like stop and, and self-reflecting question if that was a possibility. <laughs> so I wasn't crazy. I just knew so deeply and I learned to be able to pay attention to the small, small details because of what I had gone through with my own health. And those are the things that were able to help get my son answers. So if you're in the midst of all the chaos and some days you stop and think, am I crazy? Like the fact that you're stopping and questioning the possibility that maybe this isn't going on. Like I feel like that makes you pretty sane. It makes you able to see all of the angles of the situation and not just like so glued to one one idea, one possibility that you're missing the other things. And I think that is what helped me is I was able to look at all the different angles. So I am so proud of you for continuing to fight for answers. Find people who will stand in your corner with you. You will find them, I promise. Even if your closest friends and family members 
are are the ones being dismissive, find somebody else. Go find another mama. Go find another special needs mom. Go find the mom that's fighting the same battle because I guarantee you they will love on you. They will crawl down in the hole with you and they will help you come back up. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this is encouraging to you and we will talk soon. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can head over to facebook.com slash groups slash grow getter to connect with other like-minded women and continue the conversation surrounding today's episode. If you'd like to connect more personally with me, you can find me at thegatheredhive.co on Instagram or thegatheredhive.com is my website. See you soon, friends.